Bibles, if you will, and open them with me to Matthew chapter 6, and I want to read you uh, what is a very familiar passage. Um, your bulletins say 6-9. I'm going to start at 6-8 and um, read a little bit more. So here we go, um, Matthew chapter 6 at verse 8. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God, it endures forever. What I've just read you, of course, is is the Lord's Prayer, what's known as the Lord's Prayer. Um, When when I was a boy, um, a young boy attending church with my family, we we prayed the Lord's Prayer every Sunday morning, which I I thought ruined it. Um, It it, it ruined it because it became rote, uh, and it was like punch a button and spit some words out that were absolutely meaningless to me. You know, my, um, my famous illustration of that principle is something else we used to do every Sunday morning when I was a boy. Um, maybe you'll recognize this. It was called the glory of pottery, and I love to do this. I've done it a dozen times. But the glory of pottery that says, glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning. And you remember that? Do you remember any of that? Well, um, tell me, uh, you who sang it all your life, what is the it Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning. What's the it? (laughs) You know, I probably asked that question 25 times, and no one has ever been able to answer the question. Um, The it is a reference to the Trinity. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it, it's a reference to the Trinity. But my, my point is we sing that over and over and over and over again, and we don't even know what we've sung. Um, and, and that's, for me, what happened to the Lord's Prayer. And so when I designed a, a, a worship service, um, I left it out because it, it was meaningless. And, and it's interesting, every time, I, we do it occasionally around here, as you know, and every time I do it here in a worship service, just like I did five minutes ago, it's like people are stunned. Whoa, whoa, whoa what's that? Well, the reason that I, I include it occasionally is so that your children won't grow up without hearing the Lord's Prayer. But the reason that we don't do it every week is because it, it seems to me, and, and I, I'll be glad to be wrong here, but it seems to me that it becomes rote and it, and it becomes meaningless. You know, the, um, the New Testament includes the Lord's Prayer twice, once here in Matthew 6, and in another place, in Luke 11. And there's, there's a bit of conversation among the, the scholars about whether did Jesus, did Jesus teach that twice or um, was Luke's version just, the, um, just his account of the same event? I, I want to suggest to you that he taught it twice, and the reason being, if you, if you look at the Gospel of Luke, it's different. It's different in this sense it, um, it opens up this way. Um, Luke chapter 11, 
verse 1 says, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father, who art in heaven. Um, You do know, don't you, that the Lord's Prayer is not the Lord's Prayer. (laughs) It's not the one that he prayed. Um, He prayed one, but it's in John 17. The Lord's Prayer is the prayer that he taught us to pray. Um, it, It wasn't the one he prayed. It was the one that he taught us to pray. And it opens with two enormously significant words. Our Father. Father. You know, that's a word that for so many of us is is rich and it has almost a romantic feel to it for us. I mean, if you were raised in the era of father knows best, and by the way, for those of you who've never heard of that, that was a television show back in the 50s and the 60s that starred Robert Young. But the, I mean, it was almost a family staple. Everybody gathered around the television to watch father knows best. And for us, um, of, our, of, this, of that era, we, we still love the word although it has lost a lot of its richness, a lot of its beauty, because there's so many disreputable fathers. But guys, interestingly, even in the New Testament, the word was controversial. And that's what I want to show you this morning, why the word father was controversial, even in the New Testament. Let me me try to explain Guys, um, of all the names that Jews or Judaism use to address God, conspicuous by its absence was the word Father. You know, I was in a prayer meeting this morning. Um, we meet at 845, and we pray for about 15 minutes. And every prayer in that room um, this morning started with our Father or Father. But, whereas Judaism had this list of names, El Elyon and El Ohim and El Shaddai and El Sadek, and all these names, conspicuous by its absence, was the name Father. Of all those lists of names that were available for a pious Jew to use to address God, not on that list was the name Father. Um, For Judaism, no pious Jew would ever have used the name Father to address God. It just wasn't done. It just wasn't acceptable. It just wasn't allowed. Um, Judaism revered the name of God and still do. Um, In fact, if you read the commercial appeal... The Commercial Appeal is a local paper that we have here in this community. If you read the Saturday edition of the Commercial Appeal, where there's the Faith Forum, 
if there is a Jewish rabbi that is, that is commenting in there so often, you will find that they will not use the word G-O-D. They will use G-D because of their reverence for the name of God. I'm not saying that Judaism does not revere the name of God. I'm simply saying that no no thinking Jew would ever call God his father. So when the disciples come to Jesus and say, would you teach us to pray? He says, sure. When you pray, pray like this. Our Father. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was heart-stopping. For a Jew to hear, those were 12 Jews that he's teaching. And for them to hear that they can now address, they can enter God's presence, they can go to him and call him Father, why, that was absolutely unthinkable. Unthinkable. It, It was scandalous even. And by the way, you do know, don't you, that one of the reasons that Judaism wanted to kill Jesus was it because of that name? You know that, don't you? It's in John chapter 5. I want to read it to you. It's John chapter 5, verse 18, where um, the, the, Jesus, early on in his ministry, early on, um, it says this, Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, listen, but also said that God was his Father making himself equal with God. You don't use that word, Bubba. No sorry, Bobby. You don't use that word around us. Because, very frankly, we're going to kill you for that. Because you're not supposed to call God your father. Because that means that you're saying that you're equal with God. And then the 12 come to Jesus, and they say, hey, could you teach us to pray? And he says, sure, sure, I'll teach you. When you pray, pray like this. Our You want us to pray like that? Why, that's the very thing that has evoked such hatred for you and why people want to kill you, and now you're teaching us to pray just like that. I mean, you are teaching stiffs like us to call God by the same name that you use with God. Um, that, that suggests to us that we have a similar relationship to God that you do? 
not, not, not exactly the same, not identical, because Jesus is the only begotten, beloved son, but we're the adopted sons. But are you saying that we have a relationship with God that is similar to yours? How? How... How did guilty sinners like us, how did we get to the place where where you, Jesus, could say something like this? And he does say this in John 14, 22. He says, he who loves me will be loved by my Father. Um, The Father loves the Christian because the Christian loves me. I I mean, I just answered my question. Did you hear me? I I, I mean, how do you get to the place where Jesus could say something like that? Oh, I see. Because you say he who loves me, says Jesus, will be loved by my Father. How how does the God who made me, before whom I have egregiously sinned and rebelled and spurned and ignored, how does he become my father? Well, Jesus tells you. Because you love me. And by the way, Jesus also says in another place in John, he says, no one comes to the Father but by me. And do you know who the me is? Everybody knows who the me is, don't you? That's, of course, Jesus Christ. I love him, Christ, and the Father loves me and calls me one of his sons because of the work that Jesus did on my behalf. A work that is symbolized on this table. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, what's, what's right here on this table is a symbol of the thing that has allowed me the privilege of now calling the God who's... I have whose very nature I have offended. I now call him my father who art in heaven. Hallowed be his name. I'm reconciled to God, and I have become one of his sons.
because of this. And so, my brother and sister in Christ, I invite you. I invite you to participate in something that symbolizes the very thing that has reconciled the guilty to the offended. So much reconciled that I, who used to be his enemy, am now his son. And I call him my father. Oh God, would you, would you show us all over again the beauty of the gospel, the beauty of what you have accomplished in Christ Jesus, the beauty of how it is that people like us who deserve nothing from you have gotten everything from you that we are now reconciled to you because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And so, Lord, meet us at the table. Remind us of the simplicity and the beauty of this, of this great thing that we call the gospel, that we can feed off of it again, that our hearts that are quivering because of what we did perhaps even last week, that they can be quieted as we remember that the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed us from all of our sin. We ask it in Jesus' name, of course.